This Seattle Medium podcast is sponsored by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. The presidential election season is heating up as Donald Trump and Joe Biden both are making some efforts to carve out their share or cut shares from their opponents as it relates to the African-American voters. With this morning's top of the issue is Hazel Edney, Editor-in-Chief of the Trice Edney Wire. Good morning, Hazel. Good morning, Chris. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, Hazel, we are months away from the election, and both candidates have obstacles that they have to come as they are looking to maintain or take as much of the black vote as possible. Let's start with Donald Trump, because his approach to attracting black voters or persuading them to sit out of the election is seen by some as being disrespectful and by others as very interesting. Wow. You know, it's like, what in the world? (laughs) Like, what are we going to see next? And forgive me, I might sound a little muffled because I have a little cold. Um, Well, yes, let's start with, with, with Mr. Trump. You know, when I think about Mr. Trump, the first thing that I think about, as, at least from a black press perspective, um, is when the five black yep. men uh, accused of rape in New York and Donald Trump um, bought a full page ad calling for the death penalty for them. And then they were acquitted. They won forty five million dollars or $41 million, and were exonerated. Um, And there was never an apology from Mr. Trump. And now he believes that black people are going to vote for him because he says he's being discriminated against. Um, Unfortunately, Chris, he's probably right. There are some who will go um, to vote for him. Because, unfortunately, we have a, um, it's like we have amnesia, and this is just the American way. We just think about something for a little while, and then we stop thinking about it, and we forget about it, and forget about the impact that this election could have on black people based on what his past has been. And so um, that is the fight that black civil rights leaders and voter advocates are up against trying to get, it's very simple, trying to get more people out to the polls in November than the Republicans get. That's the bottom line. Whoever gets the most people to the polls and stands on principle will be the next presidency of the United States. Right. And, and Hazel, you, you know, you're right. The fact that Trump thinks that black voters should vote for him uh, or connect with him because how he's been treated by the criminal justice system is really just downright insulting. There's no comparison to what he's 
gone through with the criminal justice system, which is we brought upon himself basically <laughs> by most people's standards, and what we as black folks have gone through and endured for many years just because of the color of our skin. Oh, yes. But then, you know, on the other hand, you have um, Dr. Cornell West, and he's using that same argument against President Biden. You know, he's talking about how back in the 1990s, um, you know, with all of the um, um, the the fighting against crime in the 1990s and the big crime bill in the 1990s and how Biden uh, produced that and caused so many black men to go to jail unfairly. Uh, Dr. Cornell West, uh, who um, is, a, is a credible uh, person, but may not be a credible candidate because he's, you know, it's like he's just going to take votes away from one side or the other, probably the Democratic side. Um, that's what he's nipping at Biden's heels about. He's calling it holding um, President Biden accountable. He's saying that he's not a quote-unquote spoiler. But um, the point is that the same kind of, um, of, of issues that we point to for Trump, some will try to point to for Biden. And that's the reason that last week um, the Biden administration, uh, the White House, you know, which is not involved in the election, can't hit per se, but uh, they came out with this huge list of what Biden has done for for black people. And if you remember when he first announced his candidacy, he did that big video on Charlottesville and white supremacy, et cetera. And so um, whatever it was that President Biden did back in the 1990s, apparently um, he has made up for it because he got 90 percent of the black vote in the last election. Right. And, and Hazel, let's shift uh, gears a little bit and talk about uh, Joe Biden, because the narrative around him is that he's too old, which basically when you cut through all the layers of mess that they, you're throwing, it basically is code for we don't want a black woman to be president. Well, yeah. I mean, when you hear Nikki Haley stand there on a stage in South Carolina and said the only the alternative she said there's going to be a woman president and the only other alternative is Kamala Harris I mean what is she saying is mm-hmm. is she saying I mean are you come on Nikki are you really saying that Kamala Harris that you are better than Kamala Harris because you are white that's how it comes across you know yeah. and so yes um the bottom line is that um, and nobody is wanting to say it, but they're trying to avoid a Kamala Harris, the, the former attorney general of California, by the way. Um, she ran that state's attorney general's office. And so why wouldn't, um, you know, why wouldn't she, a senator, you know, why wouldn't she be qualified to be president of the United States, other than the fact that she is a uh, a black woman, and right now black women are making all kinds of headway, you know, in this country, and um, that's the last thing that that some people want to see. But if it ever comes to that, uh, I believe that she could become a rock star in the Democratic Party. Yeah, and speaking of Kamala Harris, you know, people have, you know, will you also use well, black folks will also use. Uh, Kamala Harris is a reason for not vote for Joe Biden as well when some of them point to the state of California 
and what was taking place in the criminal justice system when she was the state attorney general, but not really putting, you know, things in the full context. At the end of the day, you know, some of the stuff that was taking place wasn't weren't even cases that were tried uh, by the attorney general's office in the state of California. But other than, I mean, the other thing is, you know, attorney general's offices across the country, you know, carry out whatever is the law of the state. The bottom line, exactly. That and that is the bottom line. Um, the attorney general's offices—they don't make law. You know, the legislatures make law. They carry out the laws. And so, although you know there was some controversy concerning some of the decisions that um, that attorney general Kamala Harris made, you know, in California, um, you know, there was some controversies pertaining to black men, et cetera. Um, you know, this is the presidency is different. You know, you have more influence overall because you're not carrying because by and if, as attorney general, you're um, you're carrying out the law as um, as the United States president. You have an opportunity actually to do some uh, executive signing. You know, to make some executive decisions, et cetera. So you, have, of course, have uh, you become the most powerful person in the world. So you have an opportunity to do more concerning what your your thinking is and what your principles and beliefs are. And uh, I, I believe that, that we will find a new Kamala Harris, and, and we should watch her over the next few weeks and months because she's going to be out there even um, more. Um, apparently she's going to be campaigning even more, and it's going to be an exciting time to watch a black woman um Run for vice president, of course, but in a sense, yes, run for president. She's next in line. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. (laughs) 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 Hazel, let's talk a little bit about voter apathy, uh, because there's going to be some voter apathy, uh, especially among African-Americans, because historically that's been the case. It's just a matter of how much. Um, But. You know, really thinking about that, because there doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency or passion as it relates to the presidential election amongst a lot of people. And yet uh, we see uh, where apathy has gotten us over the years. You know, how important is it for people, especially black folks, to be engaged enough to get educated on what the candidates uh, have done? You know, both candidates have been in office and we know what they will do and what they've done, which is unique because usually we have information about one person. Uh, because they're in office at the time as an incumbent. In this scenario, you know, we've seen the action of both candidates while in uh, the office of the presidency of the United States. Well, it's it's going to be um, essential for for um, for all voters, black and white, to um, get clarity on what both of these candidates stand for. And when you see them stand side by side then you will see what is at stake, you know, in this country. You will see that it, there is truly a democracy. The democracy in the future of our country is at stake pertaining to democracy. When you see one candidate who's playing footsie under the table with the President Putin and, um, you know, with, with Russians and, and North Korea, uh, uh, what is his name, saying, um, uh, Jong-un, Kim jong Un, um, these people who are dictators, um, people who will, you know, kill their own family members in order to remain in power. When you see the company that one candidate is keeping, and when you when you see another candidate 
who's saying, I, you know, um, what happened in Charlottesville was wrong. Ku Klux Klan um, marching the streets is wrong, then there is an easy, easy um, decision to make. And you don't have to really get far past that with self-education and education of our communities. But, um, but yet, it's like I said, our, we have amnesia oftentimes, and what we see on television um, is the last thing that we remember. And what we see in social media, and we've got to watch that, Artificial intelligence uh, is the last thing that we remember. There are lots of tricks that are going to be played and that's coming up. And so if we just remember some of the key elements of this race, then we will know how to vote when we go to the polls. Right. And and speaking of that, Hazel, we're looking right into the eyes of Super Tuesday where 15 states will hold primary elections. You know, what should voters in these states take into consideration and also what will Super Tuesday say to us as a whole for those of us who live outside of these states? Well, Super Tuesday is a pretty big deal. Um, Fifteen states are going to go to the polls on Tuesday, uh, March 5th, and say who they want to be president you know, of the United States. Now, there are not many choices. It's not like, you know... It's not like there are two Democratic candidates and two Republican candidates. And uh, and so it's going to be huge for those who are watching from the outside um, to at least watch, you know, those numbers. But the biggest number um, to watch is going to be the number 270. And that is what number we're going to be looking at in November, 270 electoral college votes. And so that's why, um, you know, whoever wins those, even these same states, of course, we're going to the polls on Tuesday to choose a Republican candidate and the Democratic candidate. But when these states go back to the polls in November, then they will be choosing how many electoral college delegates to give to which candidate. And that's the most important thing. To get to one of them, it's got to get to that 270 first. And that is the reason that this is really a race to who can get out their voters. That's the bottom line. That's why you see the civil rights leaders and the um, the Melanie Campbells and the Al Sharptons and them, I like to say, and them getting, um, getting people riled up. Because black people, we need the issues to get excited by. And so the, the, the bottom line number is the 270 that's, that we have to push for. That is what President Trump at that time was trying to get changed when he was talking to, uh, to Georgia on the phone. Mm. All right. Well, Hazel, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show um, and just really staying on top of all this information because there's a lot to keep up with as it relates to uh, President Biden, Donald Trump, uh, and the presidential election as a whole. Oh, yes. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too.